0: These are indeed strange times that we are in, and none of us know when, when things will get back to normal or if, if they even will. You know, about a year ago, our, our preaching team, we, we met on a, on a retreat to plan out the entire 2020 calendar year of sermons. All across our eight campuses, all of us got together and we planned it, and we, we planned uh, this section of the calendar to be for the Sermon on the Mount. So for the next 13 weeks, we find ourselves in what I consider a perfect text to be in for the situation that we, that we find ourselves in in the world. This, this is the greatest sermon ever by the greatest preacher ever. In it, wisdom abounds. But this wisdom is unconventional by the world's standards, but it needs to be conventional for those of us who profess to be followers of Jesus. Hear the text from Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for for they will be comforted. Blessed are the, the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of God of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, one thing that is certainly the case these days is that our lives are, they're certainly more simple. Uh, come to think of it, we probably should go uh, crank Leslie Ann's car up. I don't think she's even driven it in over, over two weeks. Now, I, I didn't say our lives are easy. We, we just have fewer options at our disposal these days. I mean, many of us are still working uh, many of us who are working on the front lines, and we grieve and pray for those who are on the front lines and, and we, uh, of the COVID-19 crisis, and we grieve and, and pray for those whose jobs have been lost thus far or, or furloughed. With our patterns being disrupted, we, we have some room to try some new things. As a church, we, we have to. So what I'm, uh, one thing I'm doing is I'm putting together a short devotion each morning for you. Uh, they'll post uh, sometime around or before 8 a.m. each morning. And I, I sincerely hope that you, you find these encouraging. I am enjoying putting them together. These, these devotions will give us some, uh, some more space to, to going through, to teaching the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the sermon text for the next 13 weeks. Uh, we, we can't get into this entire sermon in the time we have during our, our corporate worship Gatherings, so the devotions will give us a little more space to do so. Again, this is the greatest sermon by the greatest preacher ever. It deserves our attention. So, please, if you can, tune into those daily devos. At the risk of you getting sick of me, it's a cool opportunity for us to continue this conversation. Uh, to continue this conversation together. I mean, uh, this week we've already looked at several aspects of this great sermon uh, in the last few mornings leading up to, to this morning, and looked at how it intersects with and informs our lives as followers of Jesus, as disciples. In the next few days, we will look at the Beatitudes themselves, and we'll actually begin that uh, in a few moments this morning. Now, I, I do see this as an ongoing conversation that we are having. God, God is forming all of us, and and, and there's no place you are supposed to be on this journey other than farther along. I I tell you that often. Did you know that that God alone knows what you need? And so for the next few moments, uh, we're going to turn to God in prayer, and I'm going to, in these moments, pray over you a prayer of confession and assurance by Catherine Hawker, So I'd ask you to just put your feet firmly on the ground, get comfortable, bow your head or not, uh, assume the posture that, that best allows you to hear from Jesus and hear this prayer. Blessed are we when we let go of our possessions, for the kingdom of God unfolds in open places. And woe to us when we gather into barns for... For soon this life will be over. Blessed are we who know the ache of hunger for the empty places in in body and soul are the fertile soil for new growth. Woe to us who fill our lives to capacity for for we fail to recognize what is missing. Blessed are we who, who know sorrow For the ache of love lost is the witness to the seed planted and woe to us who have yet to know the pain of grief for the fullness of love is woven with sorrow. Blessed are we who know scorn for the rejection of humans keeps us mindful of that beyond. Woe to us who depend on the approval of others for To dance with spirit appears foolish. Blessed are we who live in the harmony of life in the spirit, for we will recognize abundance. Amen. Today, I want you to consider one question. And it's a question that I believe is at the heart of Jesus's sermon on the mount. To whom... Is God's kingdom available? Now, it, every week I remind us that we are living in the unshakable kingdom of God. But, but who is the we? Uh, who, who could the we be? Now, one of the first rules of preaching is to know one's audience. So the audience here would have been beholden to to Rome and and Caesar and the the Jewish religious leaders deferred to Roman authorities so there really was this this imperial hold on on the people who lived around the time when Jesus lived and and Jesus's audience would have known this they would have felt this ac- acutely and how that they had to live their lives but it is finished meant that that just that it meant it was finished. It meant that a new day had dawned. That the old system it was was out. That God was was making something completely new, and that which was new was really good news for those who were not the ones who held on to this imperial power. My my wise brother, younger brother Barrett, says it this way: in the old realm kingdom. To be blessed is to be in good favor with Caesar. To be blessed in the new realm, the new kingdom, is to be in favor with God. And who is in favor with God? Well, anybody can be. The audience around Jesus is a bunch of nobodies according to the world, that is. I mean, what the Beatitudes teach us is that, that who is in and, and who is out, or, or maybe not yet in, according to Jesus, it, it may surprise us. Be, because the world's rules, they just don't apply in God's kingdom. And, and what a good time in the world's history right now to focus in on the Beatitudes. I mean, think about it. We're... We're talking about, in, in this list, the spiritually destitute. We're talking about those who experience sorrow, those, those humbled while on earth, those, those longing for and, and, and needing what is right. Now, I think that describes a lot of us right now, more, certainly more than, say, two months ago. And then the Beatitudes go on to, a, to account for those who show mercy, who, who have hearts of devotion, those who seek to make peace. Those who are, who are treated badly because they associate themselves with, with what's right. Now, Jesus is not saying go make sure you fit into all those categories as, as if this was a test that we were to score well on. Rather, Jesus is offering these as good news. To those who these descriptors describe, have have you experienced sorrow? I'm I'm so sorry, but good news, sister, brother, so did Jesus. And, And even better news, Jesus is alive and the kingdom of God is here and it is available to you. The, the greatest work of the church for, for us is, is to help the great wide world see and understand that this kingdom is here and it is available to anyone. So often the kingdom is for those who, who may never think they could inherit it and, and those who think they already have it, well, we'll be, they'll be very sad when they realize they never did. For, for instance, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So there's one clue to to answer our question. Our question, to whom is the kingdom available? The the kingdom is available to the spiritually poor. Dallas Willard actually calls the spiritually poor the spiritual zeros. Those those folks who, who may not ever come into our doors or onto our online gatherings, those who would never speak up in our Bible studies because they think they might be ashamed, you know, shamed for their ignorance. Folks who think they could not be loved by God. Jesus says they're blessed. And you know why they're blessed? Because the kingdom has come and it's available to anyone. And that is great news to the spiritually poor. I remember a story told by a certain seminary professor who who takes his students every year into the heart of Mexico. And and the purpose of these trips, as the professor puts it, because they go to very impoverished areas is to be evangelized, evangelized by the poor. And I resonate with this. I, I always feel like I learned so much about life and about God through mission journeys I have been able to be a part of, and specifically from the people that we encounter and get to know in these places in the world. The professor and his students, they they went on this trip, spoken of, to an extremely poor lady's house in the community they were in, and she was a Christian, and and, and through conversing with the students, the students began to discover there's some pretty big theological holes uh, in theological additions in her understanding of of God, the the Bible, faith, etc. The professor starts getting uh, a little uneasy, wondering if he should interject and maybe correct some of this incomplete uh, theology. And it's made particularly difficult since this professor, who is Latino, is also serving as the translator. So, in a sense, he has this this feeling that he is supporting uh, these incomplete ideas. And then all of a sudden, a nine-year-old boy burst into the kitchen where, where the students and the professor and the, the mother sat because it was her nine-year-old son. And he had returned home with 15 pesos from selling chiclets on the, on the street corner down the street. And, and the mother took the 15 pesos and she put 14 of them in her, in her pocket. And then she put one in a jar on the table right there in the middle of the kitchen. And the professor quickly asked, her, you know What did she intend to do with that lone peso? And the, the woman replied, oh, that is for the poor. Well, stunned, shocked, and, and speechless, the professor claims in that moment he learned more about God than all his theology books had taught him. When those who have so little practice their faith by providing for those who have even less, wow, it's those of us who are, who are privileged, who, who see those who are oppressed and do nothing. We're, we're the ones who don't know God. The ones who have not yet realized that the kingdom of God is coming already. And that the kingdom of God that is coming is available to anyone. We we have to know this and we have to tell others this good news that the kingdom is coming and blessed is anyone who knows it.